What's going on? Welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Monday, January 23rd, 2023. It is Lucas and Cameron hanging out with you today. Yes, sir. We got a lot of fun planned for the podcast. We did our top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. We broke down the top 10 quarterbacks from the 2022 fantasy football season in the previous episode. Now we bring you this episode. Quarterbacks 11 through 20 from the 2022 NFL season and or fantasy football season, excuse me. And there are some juicy, juicy names in here. We have a lot to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. But first I'm at Lucas Wenzel on Twitter, Cam Law 317. That's false. That's false. Oh, I didn't change it. Oh, I forgot to you change better, it. You better change that quick. Oh, can I even change it on here? You should be even... able to. If not, I can do it for you. Maybe well, I can't though. It's a cam. Oh, I don't even know where to change it to cam. <laughs> he doesn't even know what he changed it oh, to. Oh, no. I was trying to. Cam law FFF, if I remember correctly. Let's see. Yep. Cam law FFF. Look at that. There, there I'm we on go. the nose. I'm at Lucas Wenzel. Cameron's cam law FFF on Twitter. Uh, you can follow our main pages, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on TikTok and YouTube. We're still posting things on our chalkboard. We got playoff picks, we got uh, weekly player props, and everything in between. Uh, Off season talk, like free agency talk as well. If you want to uh, engage in a fun community that uh, is still interacting with one another the entire off season, uh, you can head to our chalkboard. That link is down in the description of the audio podcast or YouTube video you are listening to. I brought up talking about the uh, top. 20 quarterbacks quarterbacks 11 through 20 from this year uh but we had football this weekend the divisional round let's talk about those games first this was projected to be a super fun weekend of football can i can i sneaky say it was slightly disappointing it was definitely disappointing can i like I feel like nobody is saying that. And I feel like it was slightly disappointing. It was a hundred. I mean, I was really looking for like the bills Bengals game. I was yes. like, that might be the game of the year. And it was not, it was not <laughs> the bills look awful. It was fun for like three drives. And then it's kind of like, eh. yeah, it, it was fun for about <laughs> 80% of the first quarter. Yes. And then it just got away. And that just got away. We'll touch on that game in a little bit, but let's uh, let's go through the order of games in which they were played this weekend. We can start with uh, the second most contested game this weekend, um, and I bet you didn't think that was going to be the second most contested game going into the weekend. Chiefs and Jaguars kicked things off. The Chiefs came out on top, twenty-seven to twenty. If you took Chiefs nine and a half, it was eight and a half earlier in the week. If you took either of those, you got backdoored by the Jags. Yeah, and you are in pain. Uh, well, and they played on Saturday, so you were in pain all day on Sunday while you were watching games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were mostly in pain because Patrick Mahomes, he was 22 at 30 for 195 and two. And you're like, 22 for 195? And you're like, yeah, because he has a high ankle sprain. Yeah, because that was a move. nasty, <laughs> nasty tackle. I, I, I struggle to call it dirty. At the end of the day, I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're the D lineman there. Like you grabbed him high and you're trying to bring him down. Yeah. I like like I I get it. You shouldn't tackle high and try and drag a quarterback backwards, but like I don't 
Yeah. I don't know what else you're supposed to do there. Well, I, at any rate, Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain. Uh, we'll touch on that news and notes, notes a little bit too. But, I mean, that's a difference in this game. I don't think the Jags keep this game as close as it seemed if Patrick Mahomes you know, is fully healthy that entire game. No, I, I agree. I, I don't think this game is even remotely close. If he if he's fully healthy, right, he couldn't move out of the backfield. Like, he could barely hand the ball off. So, you know, he's not getting all of it into his throws. Um, Andy Reid had to shrink, shrink the playbook then, you know, just to make sure, hey, he can only come out of shotgun. He can't be taking, like, multiple steps moving around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they still they still stuck it out. I mean, Mahomes is still really good. And, that I mean, the Chiefs' defense, Chiefs whole team as a whole is really good. They're really well coached. So, even when Chad Henney came in, he was able to come down and score a touchdown because they are still a really good team without Patrick Mahomes. And right from the get-go, I mean, Travis Kelsey, uh, big dogs got to eat in playoff games. And Travis Kelsey absolutely feasted uh, in this game. Uh, and yeah, it, as I said, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get injured, I think this game yeah. is is not as contested as the final score makes it seem. Uh, I mean, it was seventeen to twenty seven yeah. um, before the Jaguars kind of backdoored that that eight and a half, nine and a half spread. This these are the thoughts I put on Twitter prior to that game. Uh, I see Kansas City pouncing early in this game and not looking back. Check until Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. had his ankle smashed. Yeah. Bullet point number two I put up. Jacksonville has the ability to keep up, but they'll have to play a near flawless game of football to do so. Um, granted, a little bit of help from Patrick Mahomes, but like, yes, that game was was 17 and 27, but they felt within striking distance, actually. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the entire second half because Kansas City wasn't doing anything to to put them away. No. But when you turn the ball over two times in three plays in the fourth quarter, um, that's not a flawless game of football. And they they lost as soon as Trevor or as soon as uh, Jamal Agnew fumbled the football. That yeah. game was lost as soon as they did that. They had no, no. chance after that. Um, that, and that then was... Obviously, Trevor Lawrence interception. You know, two plays later, that that you know that's nail in the coffin for sure. But mm. uh, to you're going to run into this juggernaut that is the Chiefs. It was a great yeah. run for Jacksonville. This one that was my final bullet point. It was a phenomenal run. But like you can't overcome this juggernaut that's the Chiefs if you don't play a flawless game of football. Yeah, and I. I think that's one reason they've been so good this year is and the re- reason Jacksonville is kind of able to stay in this game is when they go on a drive, they are long drives, right? Yes. I mean, they're eight yards, 10 yards, but they're 12, 13, 14 plays taking up seven, eight minutes of game time. And it's just, you keep the other offense off the field. And when Mahomes got injured, they weren't able to just string these long extended drives together. So I think that's really what kept Jacksonville in the game. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Only other thing I want to point out: Trevor Lawrence threw the ball thirty-nine times when he. I, I did the math before the game because I love Trevor Lawrence. Over, I, I got him at two fifty and a half was his passing yard line. I got it at, at two forty-five as well somewhere else. When he threw, when he threw the ball thirty-seven plus times this year, do many? Do you know how many yards he was averaging per game? Oh, I have no idea. One hundred ninety-eight. He threw the ball 39 times in this game. I'm thinking he's going to smash 250. 217. I mean, like six yards an attempt we're looking at. Yep. Just not a productive day for this Jaguars offense. Uh, no. Like you said, it, it was slow, methodical, but every big play they tried to make just slipped right through the cracks. You yeah. think, you know, you think of that Christian Kirk bomb off the top of your head where he had it. Uh, 
Trevor Lawrence just let him about half a yard um, to inside. Uh, if he, mm-hmm. he brings that half a yard back in, it's a you know almost a walk-in touchdown for Christian. Yeah. At any rate, let's move on uh, to the rest of the games. I don't want to spend much time talking about Eagles Giants. I mean, thirty-eight <laughs> to seven. Again, my bullet point that I put in my my tweet before this game was Philadelphia is going to come out and take care of business as all one seed should coming off of their bye week. Uh, and you were, what, two drives into this game and you knew this game was over? Oh, like, yeah. The Giants had no chance. No, they didn't. I Right before the game, I tweeted out Eagles by 21. I wanted to say Eagles by 31, but I'm like, nah, that won't, that won't happen. And then <laughs> that, sure that, enough, that it does. That was an impressive call. That was and an impressive so, call. But that, I just think we have such short-term memories as yes. NFL fans, as people watching the game. Like, I understand San Francisco is really good, but we forget how good this team is when Jalen Hurts is playing, especially at home. Yes. You don't go into Philly with Jalen Hurts, the way they can run the ball, the way this defense plays, and you know just kind of walk walk all over them, right? Daniel Jones looked like Steve Young last week, and this week he looked like he should barely be an NFL quarterback. That that's what this Eagles team can do, and that that's what I thought they were going to do, and that's what they came out and did. I. I was telling Tyler this. We we got together for uh, the 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 Jags Chiefs game on on Saturday. Then we started talking a little bit about um, the the games coming up as well. And I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast uh, and and Bill Simmons famous famous playoff gambling manifesto. Rule number one: <laughs> Beware of the looked a bit too good the previous mm-hmm. round team. And he used that to describe the Cowboys. And he was all over Giants, all over the Giants, seven and a half. And I'm thinking, is that not the New York Giants too? Like yeah. when you play the league's worst pass defense and you look yeah. like, like they look too good. The previous, mm-hmm. like that's the point of that rule. When you play a defense as bad as Minnesota's, yeah, you're, you're going to look a little too good. Yeah. And when you run into a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who have the tools to, to win the Super Bowl. At this rate, like, yeah, I think them and San Francisco are probably the favorites. You can throw in Cincy, but like, I think they're the favorites right now. Like, that's a juggernaut. You're you, you can't play that same brand of ball uh, and not expect to just get walloped if you don't make changes. Yeah, I mean, and just going back to the Giants, Giants were like two five and one in their last eight games before the playoffs started. So, right, they did not come in hot. They came in, you know, about as flat as any team. Then they show up, show out against the Vikings. I before the game happened, I was kind of equating it to the you know Vikings version, the Vikings Minneapolis miracle, right? Yep. You get a team like that who comes in all of a sudden, you get this huge win, everyone's excited, right? Younger team, and then you go to the next game in in enemy territory, and you're just not ready, like mentally to be out there, um, physically. Obviously, that other team's rested, and, that, and that's exactly what just happened to the Giants. I don't want to discuss that game anymore because there's not anything else to say. The Giants nope. aren't as as good as people thought they were, and the Eagles are a lot better than people yes. were making them out to be because, it's, like you said, short-term thinking yeah. and short-term memory. Cincinnati, 27-10 over Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's got to make some changes. Yeah, I don't know if it, do. I don't know if, I don't know if it's coaching staff personnel. I don't know if it's like more young talent on defense. Like, I don't know what it is, but this Josh Allen hero ball stuff like has to go. And like, and and to be honest, 
if Josh Allen isn't feeding Stephon Diggs, is it really hero ball? Yeah. Because there's not enough playmakers on that team outside of Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen to like play hero ball with. Like yep. if you're going to play hero ball, you better be like the greatest quarterback of all. Like you better have a New England Patriots scheme with Tom Brady and and Julian Edelman, right? Yep. When Julian Edelman is your best wide receiver, and I, Gronk's in there, I understand that. But like, let let's not pretend that when Tom Brady made at least one of his great Super Bowl runs, like Gronk was out for you know, sixty plus percent of that season. Yeah, yeah. Like I... you got to have somebody else. You have a better system. You got to have somebody else outside of Stefan Diggs. Something has to be different for this Buffalo Bills team because they got absolutely embarrassed on their home field, and it was ugly to watch. No, I agree. I tweeted out earlier today. You look at the four teams left. They all, um, the four teams left have a great defense. They have two top tier receiving options, right? Like you look at Philly, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, um, T Higgins, Jamar Chase. They have a running back who has over 1,200 yards from scrimmage, or they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? And Buffalo doesn't have any of those. Like, Josh Allen's really good, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to win, will you to win every single game, right? Sean McDermott is not Andy Reid. He is not probably the best play caller in the NFL. They need to add a second guy, you know, uh, opposite of Stefan Diggs because Gabe Davis, um, Shakir, they, they just aren't cutting it for – being able to allow Stefan Diggs to get open because Diggs is getting doubled every single time because why wouldn't you at this point? Yeah. And, and when he isn't, he was open and he wasn't getting the football. Yeah. Which is, you you saw him jawing off to Josh Allen at the sideline afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, isn't that all too familiar of a sight? Yeah. Uh, as, as Vikings fans and when Diggs uh, spent the early part of his career in Minnesota. Um, like, yeah, that's all too familiar when, yeah, when Josh Allen can't find him with the football. And yeah, even if like, and I'm sure Diggs is like, I was open. And Allen is like, well, I don't know. There's some risk there. But it's like, I don't yeah. know. I trust I, I trust a guy like Stefan Diggs who has proven himself to be reliable time and time and time again. I'm willing to take those chances if I'm down 27 to 10. Uh, you know, if you're not, if I'm down by 10 points that whole game, I've only got eyes for Stefan Diggs at that point. Yeah. I and, just don't under don't understand how the Bills can continue to just say, Josh Allen, do something. Please do it for us. And he he isn't even willing to, like, look at Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. at least 80% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, on the other side of the ball too, I remember last year, like getting ready for the draft for kind of a lot of, a lot of people, including, or yeah, it was last year, including myself for like, you got to go offensive tackle. You know, you got to protect Joe Burrow with number five, like Penny Sewell should be the pick and Penny Sewell is great, but you, I just didn't, did, couldn't comprehend how like magical of a combination Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Yes, are. they are just so unworldly dominant together when they're on the field. Um, Jamar Chase should have had a second touchdown on that game, but yep. it, was, it was called back. Um, I understand the catch rule, but if you're if you're just an objective everyday fan, like that looks like that looks like a uh, a catch no matter what. But man, they are a ridiculous combo, and anytime those two are on the field together, they can put up 30, 30 points. A hundred percent. Um, and, and like, I know I bashed the Buffalo bills offense, but like kudos to, to the Bengals on just like executing a perfect game plan too. Yes. Like they came out and bucked all sorts of trends. Joe Mixon looked really good on the ground yesterday and he yeah. hasn't looked good on the ground all year. Um, yeah. Hayden Hurst heavily involved, right? Like the Bengals did some great things on both sides of the ball too. That's not to take away from Buffalo, but I also think Buffalo could have done a lot more 
to keep this game competitive. And I think they also have a lot to improve upon because this is now three years in a row. They haven't been able to get over the hump with a really good football team. Yep. What a game. Last game. Uh, San Francisco tops Dallas 19 to 12. Um, I'm just going to ask this question. Who's this game on for Dallas? Because the defense did their part. Is it on Dak? I, I see a ton of people. It's like, it's on Dak. Two picks play terribly. I just think it's the offense in general, right? It's just, there was just so many different things like Dak two interceptions. You look at that last drive with Dalton Schultz. Like Dalton Schultz had two boneheaded plays on the fact he couldn't get two feet in bounds on the sideline, right? You can't even right. give your team a chance to throw it down the field. Different things like that. I think just, I think that is why so many people scrutinize Mike McCarthy because every team he has, when they get to that point, it's, they always make a boneheaded mistake yeah. or multiple in a row. And I think that's why he gets so much scrutiny. Um, we, I think we talked about it on the pod. We had this, there was a statistic between, you know, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy. They're real right there within wins and stuff, but a Sean Payton team didn't make those mistakes, right? They, yeah. you, you know, they get beat flat out. They just didn't have this quite the same team, like a Mike McCarthy team with Aaron Rodgers and stuff. It would just be, they just make some mistake that you're like, why would you do that? And that's kind of how the whole Cowboys offense felt the whole day. I I don't think you can. I think you have to give this loss out in percentages mm-hmm. because I think the majority of blame does on Dak Prescott. You got to protect the football in a game against San Francisco. You can't yes. throw two picks against San Francisco. It's as simple as that because mm-hmm. they're going to take advantage of that. And I'm surprised. Yeah. I mean, this Dallas defense played out of their mind. Yeah, they did. Like, like to hold the San Francisco offense to 19 points with how hot like they've been. Brock Purdy, he went 19 of 29 for 214. He looked painfully average in this game. Yeah. Like like again, he has his like two a like yeah. Yeah, he he has his, you know, two plays that people will say, "Well, didn't you see this? Didn't you say that?" Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, "Do you see that Brock Purdy could have had three interceptions in this game?" Yeah. Do you see how many times that he throws the ball and it just harmlessly falls to the ground. It's like, oh my gosh, it gave me anxiety for a second. How many times he underthrows these wide receivers and you're like, oh my gosh, he, that cornerback is a half a second, a tenth of a second there sooner. That's an intercept, right? Like, there, Brock Purdy looked average in this game. This Dallas defense did their job. Christian McCaffrey, 35 rushing yards. Elijah Mitchell, 51 rushing yards. Like, sub 100 rushing yards for this team. They did their job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like you said, there are just time after time this Dallas offense just does like painstaking things. That's just like why can't you can't you just give us a break this once, please? Yep. <laughs> can can yeah. you not make this so painful? I agree, and I think I think when you look at Brock Purdy, the thing that kind of drives me nuts, and I think Vikings fans we kind of do it sometimes too. You know, with Kirk, um, with Daniel Jones, it's these quarterbacks, right? They're not world beaters, and like right now, a guy like Lamar is coming around. It's, it might, prob, might be on free agency. People are like, I mean, I know 49ers, it's a lot less likely, but like the Giants. Giants fans are like, no, we want Daniel Jones. Okay, Daniel Jones won you a, won you a playoff game, right? Brock Purdy's won you two playoff games. But there's a lot better quarterbacks out there, right? You look at the San Francisco team. If they had a, you know, if they had Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott right now, they're the Super Bowl favorite. It's not even close. It's not even close. No, and the, I 100% and that, agree. And that's the thing I got. think we got to realize as NFL fans. Yes, they're playing well in the system right now. Like, yes, he's a rookie. He's young. But it could be so much better. I, it I could. think that's something we forget. It could. And and 
let's be honest, San Francisco could have easily lost this game too. Yeah. Clock management was just kind of confusing on their end of the football. Till into the first half. Yeah. Just like 45 seconds just burned for like seemingly no reason. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell running out of the bounds at the end of the game. Just just interesting. Just (laughs) just interesting all around. Definitely. That was the uh, divisional round recap. Uh, We do have a few pieces of uh, news and notes that came from this weekend. Uh, So let's cover those quick before moving on. Quarterbacks 11 through 20 of the fantasy football season. We didn't talk about Tony Pollard in that Dallas San Francisco recap, but he did fracture his fibula. It was a really bad injury. Watched it. It was one of those where, I mean, if you watched Mahomes on Saturday, you were like, oh, ah. And then you watched. Pollard and you're like oh it was like even more like mm-hmm. painful like if you felt Pat the one on Patrick Mahomes you felt Tony Pollard's uh um, yep. so he will need surgery and and I feel so bad for Tony Pollard because he's heading into his biggest chance to get a bag this offseason yeah and he's going into it with a fractured fibula yep. I like he'll be back but like you have to think teams aren't going to pay out for him now uh, for what once was a chance for Tony Pollard to, excuse me, take advantage of a like semi weak running back free. No, I shouldn't say semi weak. I mean, some good running backs in free agency, but like this was his chance to to get a bag yeah. from Atlanta <coughs> to sign with a team who could pay him a lot of money. Yeah, because Dallas has got money tied up in Zeke. I don't think they're giving Pollard too much money. No, I think they, they talked about him. they talked about franchise tagging him. I believe. Yeah. Do they really want to franchise tag him after a fibula injury now and what that franchise tag is going to be? I don't think they're going to want to do that. I, I just feel bad for the guy because this was his chance to go get a bag, and I don't think he's going to get it now. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it works. I think he's back in Dallas. I do think that I, – I personally think they franchise tag him because I think they like him a lot, and I think they yes. like what they do for his offense. And I just don't think they're going to go out and pay a wide receiver, so they're going to be, oh, Tony Pollard is our substitute for going out and getting a wide receiver which I don't think is smart. I think they should go get a wide receiver, but I think just knowing Dallas, I think they're going to franchise Tony Pollard. This I, I mean, and that's not going to surprise me when they do. Cause I don't think that, I also don't think they probably want to risk him hitting the open market. either. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's the big thing. Um, I think it's most likely, but if he doesn't, man, I'm going to feel bad for him because I don't know if a team's going to give him the bag. He once could have had, if he doesn't yeah. fracture his fibula here. Yeah, I would agree. Patrick Mahomes, doesn't matter. He already got the bag. He has a high ankle sprain, though. He's already said he's going to play in the AFC Championship. Yeah. That's going to be something you have to monitor going into next week, though. Uh, and I guarantee you the the line's going to be with the Bengals going into yeah. that game. I bet Chiefs are going to be the underdogs in that game. I don't I don't know if the lines are up right now. I haven't checked, but I am not going to be surprised when the Chiefs are dogs in that game because, like, high ankle sprains. Like, we're talking, like, four weeks recovery time till like Mahomes will be a hundred percent again. Mm. You checking the line right now? Yeah. They got uh let's see. Kansas City minus one and a half still. I mean that also doesn't surprise me though. Yeah. It's I mean it's because they give they give you what it's two or three points for being at home t- typically, yep. especially in the playoffs. So right. Yeah. That, that that makes sense. Um, so I, yeah. I think that, yeah. I think that does. And one and a half is pretty much, you know, just an even line. It's an even line. At that point, <laughs> yeah, I may I consider it even. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll, yeah, keep track of that 
during this week. And mm-hmm. if I were Kansas City, I'd spare no expense to make sure he's back healthy on the field. Yeah. Saw an interesting tweet from Dr. Uh, Jesse Morse, our, our friends over at the Fancy Doctors. Did you see that tweet? Did I send that to the group? No, I didn't see that one. Essentially, he like laid out this plan that he would have to have Patrick Mahomes back on the field for the AFC Championship game. There's some wild stuff in there, man. He's like, <laughs> cost of this, honestly, probably 100K. But I'm doing it if I'm Kansas City. If I want a chance at a Super Bowl, 100K is a drop in the bucket. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, it, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating read. Uh, Dr. Jesse Morris over on, on Twitter. Hmm. Um, that, that was a fun read. Chris McCaffrey, he's been battling a calf injury. Uh, that's just another one to keep track of yeah. during the week. It feels like, I don't know, you're always holding your breath with Christian McCaffrey. but Yeah, I don't think it matters too much anymore. I think he's always going to be on the injury report. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> A few firings to uh, to update you all on. Greg Roman, as you know, uh, likely know, canned uh, by the Baltimore Ravens as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I've seen a lot of, like, celebration around Greg Roman. I've also seen some, like, well, Greg Roman, I don't know. He could be helpful, mm. which I'm like, he could be helpful, but I don't know. Oftentimes when you get fired from your OC job, the next job you find isn't an OC job because you weren't able to keep the current OC job you're in. You know what I mean? So yep. it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but I think he still finds a job in the NFL somewhere. Mm-hmm. Would agree. <laughs> this next guy. It took him long it. enough. I was holding my breath a little bit. But Ed Donatel did get the boot by the Minnesota Vikings as their defensive coordinator. This is the reason why Cameron and I are wearing all black today to mourn the loss of Ed Donatel from our franchise. No, I kid. Uh, I, I noticed that as soon as we came on. Though. I'm like, oh, we're both wearing all black. Wow. Yeah. Now, Ed Donatel, uh, fired by the Minnesota Vikings as their defensive coordinator. The interesting piece of news uh, that I am very optimistic about Brian Flores Ooh. asked uh, uh, to get, have uh, pa, 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 if I could talk. Uh, Minnesota Vikings reached out to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, interviewing Brian Flores for defense coordinator job. He does like to blitz. Something that the Minnesota Vikings did not do very frequently this year. Or at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or all, period. Like, <laughs> or well. <laughs> Maybe well is the better word there. Yep. But yeah, uh, that's an interesting opening to keep an eye on because uh, as we three have talked about, like personnel changes are going to be made. But let's mm-hmm. be honest, the, this combo of, De- not combo, this this unit of Daniil Hunter and Eric Kendricks. I mean, Harrison Smith has seen better days, don't get me wrong. Patrick Peterson, right? Like they should be playing a lot better than they have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just haven't been. They just haven't been. So It'll be interesting to see if we can get a fiery guy. If uh, we, if the Vikings can get a fiery guy like Brian Flores in here to to help make a difference, to help make changes to this unit that's been awful the past two years. That wraps out news and notes from around the league. Uh, with the rest of the time that we have, thirty to thirty-five minutes here, let's break down quarterbacks eleven through twenty from the twenty twenty-two fantasy football season. Um, before we get, get to this list, uh, I want to talk about four guys that didn't quite make this list or some guys to mention at least, um, who you're probably going to have to at least consider going into 2023. Yep. Uh, Deshaun Watson is not on this list. 
Obviously, he came back in uh, week, correct me if I'm wrong, week 12 this year. 13. Week 13, thank you. Um, obviously, came back in week 13 this year. Um, there's going to be hype around Deshaun Watson going into next year. Uh, I don't think he goes as like a top 10 or 12 guy, but he's going to be a guy to watch uh, this yeah. offseason and, and around draft time next year to see where he's going because like as as much as it looks like Deshaun Watson forgot how to play football, I also kind of want to chalk it up to that he just hasn't played NFL football in over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think there's something to be said about getting caught up with the game speed again as a veteran versus like, holy crap, I'm a rookie. Um, and you're seeing it with fresh eyes versus as a veteran, you haven't played in a year and a half. I think that's very different than coming in as a rookie. Yeah, you, you're really hoping that he, you know, bounces back. Um, in those five games where he was back, Sam Darnold was playing in those five games, and Sam Darnold outperformed him in every statistical category. That yeah. is that is not something you want for a guy you're paying $235 million guaranteed to. So you would think that they're going to do everything in their power to bounce back. I'm going to be interested to see, you know, this offense probably going to lose Kareem Hunt. So maybe yep. they add more weapons on the outside. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to be closer to a top 15 guy for sure. And probably probably knocking on the door of top 10 if he can return to form. Yeah, he, he'll just be a name to keep track of going into next season. Yes, because definitely. he I don't it won't be as bad as it was the last five, six games of this year. No, it won't. Uh Matthew Stafford, remember, he was injured this year, uh, ended up being done for the season. Uh, just another name to keep in mind. I honestly have no interest in Matthew Stafford next year, but yeah. um, he may generate some hype again as like, hey, remember? Yeah. Um, and then it's like, yeah, remember last year how awful he was? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just just a name. Uh, he, he was a guy who was drafted. as a top 12 guy, top 13, 14 guy this year, mm-hmm. and he'll probably generate some you know top 15 hype again, but uh, I'd, I'd be cautious to bite on that. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. He could be the sophomore elite quarterback that happens every year or seems to happen every year. Um, we saw it with Justin Fields this year, right? Jalen Hurts last year. Um, he has potential to be that guy uh, and he'll probably be the sneaky guy that nobody talks about. I'm not making a prediction or planting a flag right now, but like out of this class, he was really the only relevant starter. It's not going to be Desmond Ritter. It's not going to be Malik Willis. Mostly because yeah. I think Tennessee finds another option other than Malik Willis. They just don't like Malik Willis. Why would you play Josh Dobbs, who's been on the team for less than a week, yeah. over Malik Willis? Like I just don't think the Titans actually like him that much. Kenny Pickett is really the only candidate in that category. Just a name to keep track of. For sure. And the 49ers, obviously, we got to see how their quarterbacks play out with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, now Brock Purdy in the discussion. My gut still says Trey Lance. Yeah. Or if they... I think so, too if they go absolutely insane and sign somebody, I don't I would, think they will. I know it won't happen. Brady, Brady's the only name. Brady's the only name. Lamar would be so much fun. I know it won't know happen he, because I know they don't have the cast. But could you imagine Lamar, CMC, and Debo? How would you stop that? That would be ridiculous. All right. That, sorry. That's not going to happen. No, I, I, I know. That's <laughs> your dream. We can play these fantasy games this time of the year. But uh, let's do it. I just brought up the name Tom Brady. Uh, and He was actually quarterback 11 on the year. Do you believe that? I, I was putting these names in. Do you believe? I don't believe that. I, I Somebody's lying to me. Because Tom Brady did not play like the quarterback 11 this year. 
No way he had 4,600 yards. <laughs> he had 12. He had five finishes inside of the top 12. 10 outside of the top 15. We're going to get to some other guys who had like better like ratios than that. Like I couldn't believe that. 10 finishes outside of the top 15, five inside of the top 12, and he's to quarterback 11. So when Tom Brady, what this tells me, when Tom Brady was good this year, holy crap, he was phenomenal. Yeah. But Tom Brady disappointed you at least 70% of this year. 716 attempts. 477 completions, as you said. 4,600 yards, only 24 touchdowns, though. 17.1 fantasy points per game. Uh, like, here's the only question, though. Like, what's next for Tom Brady? Like, I this feels very much like... Oh, brother, I'm going to say this. I can't believe I'm about to say it. This feels very 2021 Ryan Tannehill to me. Hmm. Ryan Tannehill was phenomenal in 2020. We remember that year, right? Yep. He was phenomenal. He was a late-round value. Comes out the next year, and you're like, wait, he finished as a quarterback 12? That's what this feels like. Tom Brady last year sets the world on fire. Yeah. Going like crazy. And then this year, like, holy crap, this guy stinks. Wait, he's a quarterback 11? And now we saw what happened to Ryan Tannehill this year. I don't know, man. I, I don't want to wish that upon Father Brady. I love him. One of my favorite football players ever. I don't, I just it feels that way to me. So, yeah. Something to me is just like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get top 12 Brady back again, ever. I don't know if we will. Yeah. Honestly, the only way it feels like it's going to happen is if he goes, if he gets to San Francisco, which I don't think he's going to. He's got to get to an elite offense. I 100% agree. Yeah, where he can, you know, it's just like, you know, he can make the Brock Purdy type plays where he throws it 10 yards to Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel breaks for 70 yards for a touchdown. That's what he needs right now. I don't know why. If I were him, I would just ride off into the sunset. But, you know, I would have done that five years ago. Um, so and, and you would have lost out on two championships since. Yeah. but it's just yeah I, I just don't know I, I don't know what's going to happen next year I'm there's just so many more names that I just don't think he's going to be you know he might be fringe top 15 quarterback going into next year where's he end up I, if I had a pick right now wow I don't even know Miami Vegas Oh, Vegas. Vegas. He ends up in Vegas. Wow. I could like I knew there was a team that I was missing when I said Miami. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vegas, definitely. I, I think it's Vegas. Um Tennessee is gonna sneaky be in the market. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is gonna sneaky be in the market. Uh Tyler's convinced insider information. Tyler's not here to defend himself. Tyler's most confident in the New York Jets signing Tom Brady this offseason. He wants it. He wants a Brett Favre. <laughs> he does. That's exactly what it is. He's like, this is Brett Favre 2.0. That would be funny though if he took him to like an AFC Championship game. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like. Honestly, if I had to put a second team there, they're also willing to spend up on a quarterback. Although here, they here's could my just give Brady the bag. And frankly, if I'm Brady, I don't know any of the teams I'm interested in or will have enough money to actually sign me. Sorry, I'm yeah. not Brady. I'm not gonna take a pay cut if I'm Tom Brady. Like, I have enough Super Bowls. <laughs> Here's my thing is I I just think about this. I don't know if he wants to go to the AFC. Do you really want to have to try to get him. through? Do you want to have to try to get through Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow just to make it make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I wouldn't Wait. blame him. 
that that's my only thing. So maybe he does say honestly, but I, I just I have no idea what he's gonna do. I so he's gonna go back to the Bucks. <laughs> Final answer. No. Um, <laughs> it's interesting though. All the teams in in contention for the most part mm-hmm. are AFC teams: Tennessee, yes. Vegas, Jets. Yeah. San Francisco is NFC. I don't. I just don't see that. I'm sorry with Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Jimmy. You have enough issues. Jimmy Garoppolo will be a free agent, but yeah, there's enough headache there. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see where Tom Brady ends up. Yeah, for sure. Quarterback twelve on the year, Justin Herbert, guy who was touted as a top three fantasy quarterback coming into this year, uh, struggled mightily. He had nine finishes inside of the top twelve, so we can't knock him too terribly. But he also had seven finishes outside of the top fifteen. He's 452 of 662, 4,466 yards, only 23 touchdowns. Man, that that's painful to look at. Only 17 fantasy points per game. What went wrong for Justin Herbert? This might be this might be an obvious question, but like, what went wrong? Is Herbert not who we all thought he was, or like, does it actually have to do with the state of this offense throughout the entire season? I think it's definitely got to do with part of the offense. I think it's the fact you know Keenan Allen, Mike Tom. Mike Williams missed just so much time this entire year. His yards per attempt were like Tom Brady level. He's run 6.7 yards per attempt. This is a guy who should be up in the eights, right? With the arm that he has on him. He still threw 68%. You know, he completed 68% of his passes still at 4,500 yards. But I just think that as a scheme wise, they should be pushing the ball down the field with him. That's what he's built for. That's, I mean, He's good enough to every single play be able to pull off a 20 yard pass. Not that he should be, not that he's going to do that, but he has that capability. So I don't know. I'm, I think that's part of the reason so many Chargers fans were so frustrated with Joel Lombardi, why they were so happy to see him go because it just felt like, yeah, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are out, but they're just not pushing the ball down the field at all with him. There was so much going on there. Like, yeah. I don't think Justin Herbert is like all of a sudden not a top five quarterback in the NFL. No. Um, does he fall from like top three to top five? Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can put him in the top three conversation right now. Mm-mm. But I mean, yeah, there there's just so much going on there with Joe Lombardi to injured weapons to just like just some head scratching moments from Herbert too, right? Like I think there's a lot going on there. I'm willing to just kind of chalk this season up to like, well, there was a lot of crap going on there. And frankly, yep. they they just wasted a year of Justin Herbert's rookie contract. Um, he's got to be one of the biggest bounce back candidates for 2023 though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely does. Like he, we saw it last year. He has a talent, you know, you saw the burst games with him this year. He still can do it. Um, he's whatever point, I think 0.6 fantasy points a game for being top 10. I, I think he returns back to top seven form next year, as long as he can get wa- healthy wide receivers. And hopefully they get him someone with some real speed on the outside. Yes. Yeah. Not Keenan Allen is on the wrong side of 30 and Mike Williams, who's rapidly approaching. Yes. I'm going to love drafting Justin Herbert as like the quarterback seven next year. Oh. I can already guarantee you that's where he's going to go. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a blast drafting him there. Oh yeah. Like he's going to like the sixth, seventh round drafting mm-hmm. his court. I'm going to love that. I'm going to love that so much. Yeah, but he's the seventh, eighth quarterback. Here's the thing is, are people going to be putting Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Herbert next year? Uh, that, that's going to be a real conversation. Lamar Jackson's probably going to be ahead of him. 
You know, then you got Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert can put up the same fantasy stats as Joe Burrow. I mean, we've already seen it from him, so it'll be interesting. That's such an interesting prospect of how high are you going to push Trevor Lawrence up and how yep. fa- how how far is Justin Herbert going to fall? Yeah. You brought up a name too. Like I, I think we need to actually have like a serious conversation about Lamar Jackson. And quarterback 13 this year, don't get me wrong. Um didn't play in every game this year. He only played in 12 games this year. He was top 12 in six of those games. He was outside of the top 15 in four of them, though. So that means two of those he was right in between 12 and 15. I mean, 203, you're never overly satisfied with Lamar Jackson's passing game. 203 to 326 for 2,200 yards. 112 rushing attempts for 764 yards. That'll always elevate Lamar Jackson. He's probably going to be a thousand yard rusher again this year. It's on pace yep. to be. But what's next for Lamar? Like, what's his value? What is Lamar Jackson's value going into the 2023 fantasy football season? Because I can't draft him as a top five quarterback anymore. I can't. Not after the last two seasons. Oh, so I'm different. I I definitely can. He had 20.3 fantasy points per game. So he's right there, top six. He put up the same amount of passing yards as uh, Justin Fields did this season and um, what I think four or less games. He's going to be, he's going to get a thousand rushing yards. I think I think he starts to bounce back. I do think he stays in Baltimore. I think they figure it out. They got to. Um, and then hopefully they bring in a wide receiver. They bring in a coach who can kind of help him develop the passing game a little bit more. But I just think he's just so unbelievably dynamic. Right? We talk about Justin Fields. We talk about the floor with Fields. Lamar Jackson is a better Justin Fields. So whatever we put Justin Fields at, I'm going to have Lamar Jackson ahead of him. Okay. I- I understand the injuries, though. I understand why that's such a big thing. But I feel like going in, you know, it's just so hard to predict injuries. And I, But I do understand, like, rushing quarterbacks it is way more common with. We're going to play a quick name game. All right. Patrick Mahomes, you're drafting him ahead of Lamar Jackson next year, right? Yep. Josh Allen, you're drafting ahead of him. Yep. Jalen Hurts, you're drafting ahead of him. Yep. Joe Burrow. Nope. Really, I'm going to take Joe Burrow ahead of Lamar next year. So that one's close to me, but I, man, you, you remember back to that unanimous MVP year and just the ridiculous numbers he was putting up. I'm not saying he's going to put up those numbers. I'm not even saying he's going to be close, like especially passing touchdown wise, because I think he had 36. But he puts up 25 passing touchdowns. He's going to get you 3,200 yards, a thousand rushing yards. He puts up eight rushing touchdowns next year. I mean, this dude's averaging 24 fantasy points a game which I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities. So Joe Burrow was averaging 22.3 fantasy points per game. He was outpacing Lamar Jackson this year. This season, yeah, he was. Um, but not in the first six or seven weeks. Lamar was over 24 points per game. So I, yeah, so so the question is, do you, really, do you want to continue banking on Lamar Jackson's dual threat upside? Mm-hmm. For me, I'm going to take the young guy who who's getting better and better and better every year, who has the better weapons around him, who yep. is in an offense that is set up to help him succeed. Like I love the observation that they made on the broadcast amidst a you know slightly a boring game mm-hmm. on Sunday. Joe Burrow was playing in a Peyton Manning style offense. Yeah, and it's all quick throws, quick reads that Joe Burrow is dissecting insanely quick. 
which is is phenomenal for for a young quarterback and his potential. I I'm I'm just done with the Lamar Jackson experiment. Personally. No, I I'm, I'm done with it. I it, it's going to come down like honestly, like Justin Fields is going to get a ton of hype next year. I'm probably still going to draft Lamar over Justin Fields, but like Justin Fields is going to be contention for for that top five spot. Justin Herbert will probably be in that spot. Like no, Lamar is going to fall between five and seven next year, and I'm not sure if I can pull the trigger on him as the quarterback five. Yeah, my my reason that I really like Lamar is he's never averaged. This is his worst worst season so far as a starting quarterback. Twenty point three fantasy points per game. He's averaged twenty one. He's averaged twenty two, twenty one, and twenty eight. So it's just I think this is the floor for Lamar. Whereas, you know, I, I think Joe Burrow can continue to get better, right? I think he could put up a Patrick Mahomes type season. I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibilities, but I think that's why I like Lamar because this is the floor. But you would need to draft another quarterback with the, saying, hey, Lamar's probably going to miss two or three games this next year. I just, he, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of done with the Lamar Jackson experiment no, after the last sense. two years. Um, and maybe you can say part of it is like, oh, he didn't have a contract. I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to bank on that because what if Lamar actually does get the stomach bug again and he misses two weeks? What if Lamar actually does have a lower body injury again and he misses five weeks? Like, I don't know. Like, I get I get we run the same risk with Joe Burrow, right? Like, any quarterback can get injured at any time. And sure, you know, mobile quarterbacks risk that a little bit more by you know, getting outside the pocket more. But, like, I want the guy who has weapons. I want the guy who I want the guy who's done it for back-to-back years now. I want the guy who, you know, who's thrown for 35-plus touchdowns. And I feel like I can rely on a week-to-week basis, and I'm not scratching my head with Lamar thinking, okay, well, he better scramble for 100-plus yards this week. Otherwise, yeah. I'm probably going to get a top 12 finish versus a top 5 finish. No, that makes sense. I think it's similar to, like, Christian McCaffrey last year, right? Sure. Um, You know, there's a lot of people who've just been burnt enough times by him where you're like, I just can't – I know the upside's there, but I can't draft him. And it's different now, right, because McCaffrey was putting up numbers that were – way ahead of every running back whereas Lamar has had one season of that and since you know he's been a top two three quarterback in points per game but it's not like so far ahead that it was worth the risk for most people there's gonna be a lot of nuance around Lamar Jackson next year and I feel like he is going to be one of the most polarizing players probably going into draft time I would I would agree with that And and I think that's where you and I are kind of at there's like there's room for nuance here there's room for opinion but like yeah, you're going to trust the upside. I'm going to say I'll take somebody else in those middle rounds and draft a guy like, like I said, Justin Herbert, I think is going to fall outside of the top five, mm-hmm. six, seven quarterbacks next year. I'm going to scoop yep. him up all day long in the later rounds. Let's keep things moving, though. We're 48 minutes in and uh, we got quite a few more quarterbacks to to cover here. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback 14 on the year. He was 333 of 515 for 3,500 yards. 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 14.9 fantasy points per game, 239 total fantasy points. Only two top 12 finishes on the year. It was an abysmal year for Aaron Rodgers. He had eight finishes outside of the top 15 quarterbacks. So for you know a good chunk of the year, you know, Rodgers was hanging around in that you know, quarterback, you know, 12, a quarterback 13 to 14 range but I mean it didn't again this doesn't feel like a quarterback 14 year from Aaron Rodgers no I mean I have to ask the question though like people were saying back back MVP no way he falls off this much like sorry like Devontae Adams merchant 
like I'm going to put it kind of bluntly, but like clearly Devontae Adams had something to do with his success. He's he's the one missing variable here. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers has you know he's always had that Mahomesish Mahomesish magic where he can scramble out, he can make these throws. He's not he's not that he's not young anymore, right? He can't do that consistently. He needs a number one guy he can rely on. He didn't have it this year. Lazard and Christian Watson together don't even equal Devontae Adams. So it's just, I think that's the biggest part of it. He just didn't have a guy he can rely on, and he's not the same guy he was. And he just didn't look like he was having as much fun out there, right? He didn't look like it was fully invested in this team in, in football. Does Aaron Rodgers still have the ability to make a guy like Devontae Adams out of Christian Watson, out of... Alan Lazard out of Romeo Dobbs? Like, does he still have that ability? Or, like, are we past that point with Aaron Rodgers now where it's the talent of his career? It's just not the same juice. Therefore, we can't just automatically bank on these wide receivers, one of them to become great to help Aaron Rodgers out. I don't think he can, like, make a guy into that anymore. You know, you bring a Devontae on his back, you bring in, like, a D hop or something like that. I think he can have a decent season again but I do think he finishes right around QB 14. I don't think he throws 40 touchdowns anymore. I don't think he has 4,500 yards. I, he's not running. The, he only ran the ball 31 times this year. You know, you're not getting that extra 250, 300 yards, which you're used to from Aaron Rodgers rushing the ball. So, yeah, he can be good with a good, solid wide receiver, but he's not going to make Christian Watson into some superstar. And and and, and that's not to take away from Devontae Adams. I, I, I realize I say that. And it's like, what, Devontae Adams, like, just isn't a good wide receiver? What, like, yeah. like, he didn't develop himself? No, of course he did. Of course he did. But you have to realize, like, you know, Devontae Adams is, is, is great. Yes. Also helps when you're playing with an elite quarterback for yeah 90% of your career. Then you go to, to Vegas and play with Derek Carr. We'll touch on him in a little bit. But I just don't, I, some people are just like, one of these guys is going to step up and be great. I don't know if Rodgers can do that anymore. I don't know if he has that same juice. Yeah, I would agree. Quarterback 15 on the year was Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, um, before we jump into Tua, uh, where's Aaron Rodgers in 2023? Obviously, a lot of nuance around where uh, where he'll be next year, uncertain about his future. Trade is an think... option according to both him and the Packers. I don't think he plays in 2023. You, you think he's done? I think he's done. I think he's in Tennessee. I could see it too. I mean, like I can see him going somewhere else. I the whole offseason is gonna be about him. That's all I know. He's gonna make it about himself the entire offseason. I say Tennessee, and that's just literally like I just shut my eyes and threw a dart at the board. That's what it feels like. That, um that's what it's felt like the last three seasons there in Rodgers, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and we're not gonna know. Um, no. he'll end up in green and gold, let's be honest. Uh, to yeah, a tiger. Probably. <laughs> Quarterback fifteen on the year. I like five top 12 finishes, but he had seven outside of the top 15. Mm-hmm. Tua went on a phenomenal four game stretch where he was a top five quarterback for three of the four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he was just kind of average in terms yeah. of fantasy. He was just kind of average 259 to 400, 3,500 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He only played 13 games this year, struggled with concussions and everything of the sort there. Like, what do you make of this? Because Tua Tagovailoa is in a phenomenal offense. He didn't turn the ball over much this year. He looked like an improved quarterback. 
But when I see he only had five top 12 finishes and three of them came in a four-week stretch, and he still had seven finishes outside of the top 15, mm-hmm. that tells me that I still can't trust Tua Tagovailoa to like make that jump to a top 12 quarterback, to that elite-level status in mm-hmm. fantasy football, that desirable every-week starter that you can rely on. Yeah, it's he's right on that fringe, right? He's in the offense to succeed. Right. You got Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Wall, you got Mike McDaniel. You're in an offense where you're built like it's built for you to succeed. It's just, is he going to continue to take that step forward where it's consistency, right? He he plays a good enough game. He plays a clean game. He As long as he gets the ball out quickly, he's playing really well. So I think he can be a top 10 quarterback next year. It's just health is going to be a huge thing, right? He, is, he hasn't stayed healthy his entire college career. Um, NFL career because he's not he's not a bigger guy and then it's going to be can that arm strength continue to develop so he can be hitting you know really opening up that field with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle where are you ranking him going into 2023 that's a good question because the way I you know we've been thinking about the rankings right and I was talking, you know oh is Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert gonna be you know that seven or eight spot Nine through, I had to say, like 15, it just feels so, you know, it could go so many different ways depending on how the off seasons go. He's going to be in that range, right? Probably a fringe top 12 guy for me. Um, maybe he falls inside the top 12, maybe he falls out. And it's just hard to push him lower with how dynamic of playmakers he has next to him. 18.4 fantasy points per game. That is more than the likes of Justin Herbert, Thomas Brady. Uh, we even look at some of the guys in the top 10. Um, that's more than Jared Goff. That's more than Kirk Cousins. That's more than Trevor Lawrence. That's more than, that's equal to Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Those are just things you have to to consider. Yeah. Like you said, I don't think he cracks that upper echelon of top seven guys. He's he's he might fall right at fifteen for me. If I'm being perfectly honest, when I look at all these other guys, when I look at guys who are, who I think could come back stronger and healthier next year, like Tua might fall between twelve and fifteen before he falls between you know ten and thirteen for me. Yeah, and it's just he's he's going to be one where you kind of have to make a call on for next year, right? It's not like we don't have the indicators where it's like he's for sure going to take that next step. Yeah. We've seen there you've seen enough with him going both ways where it's like, man, he's got he's got he can be accurate, you know, especially short, short and medium. He makes quick decisions, but can he, you know, be mobile enough to, you know, move around the pocket, make things happen? Can't does does he have kind of that next level talent? Yeah, it, it's totally gonna be a call your own shot on two and next yep. year. Um, and I'm going to be too panic stricken too, even though I like all of his playmakers, I don't think I'd be able to make him my starting quarterback confidently next year. Yes. Uh, that see, that's probably where I'm going to be with him. Even if he falls inside my top 12, it's going to be really hard for me to trust to as a top 12, you know, as my starting quarterback. He's going to be like a Matt Stafford this year. I feel like, where it's just like, I left my draft. I left a couple of drafts with Matt Stafford after, you know, striking out, waiting late on quarterback and pushing my luck mm-hmm. too far and, and going, in, I'm just like, I want another quarterback. <laughs> Yep. That's how I'm going to feel with Tua. That's how I'm exactly. going to feel with Tua. Uh, let's keep things moving here. For sure. I don't want to spend much time on Derek Carr because Derek Carr is painfully mid. Yep. Um, uh, too many people in this offseason. Got Devontae Adams. Oh, my gosh. Top 12 season incoming. 
Like Derek Carr is going to be phenomenal or he's going to be the exact same guy. He's always been. Yeah. Five top 12 finishes on the year. He was outside of the top 15, six times. Uh, he played 15 games this year. So there were, there, there's enough, just about as many games in between 12 and 15 as there was uh, inside the top 12 and outside of the top 15. Mm-hmm. Like th- this, nothing about this season is surprising to me with Derek Carr. No. 305 and 502, 60 complete, 61% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Doesn't run the football much. 15.5 mm-hmm. fantasy points per game. Like, can we just say this isn't surprising and this was totally predictable and just leave it at that? Yeah. And if you look at any team he's going to go to next year, this is what he'll put up. And, Between and, 35 and, and 4,000 4, passing yards, you know, 23, 24 touchdowns. It's going to be all the same. And that was the only other question I wanted to ask. What team is he on next year? New York Jets. I'm going to die on that hill. I, I could definitely see it. And I don't think his stat line changes. So it doesn't yeah, matter it, for fans. No, going to an <laughs> offense that has worse wide receivers. I'll say worse wide receivers. Um, Garrett Wilson's nice, but he ain't no Devontae Adams. No. Um, Brees Hall. Josh Jacobs is pretty dang good, though. Yep. I, and Brees Hall coming off ACL. Like, again, that's just like just not the same level offense. No. But he'll still put up 3,200 yards, yep. <laughs> 22 touchdowns, and probably 13 interceptions. Like, <laughs> that's who Derek Carr is. Yes, it is. Quarterback 17 was Russell Wilson. 279, a 459, 31, or 31, 61 completion percentage, 3,200 yards, 3,241 to be exact. 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Yet he still somehow averaged 15.2 fantasy points per game, 259 rushing yards. Um, Is he cooked? Like, is Russ done? Like, so that, that's the narrative that we need to tackle here. So... If the last if last five weeks of the season didn't happen, hundred percent. But he went QB three and then he missed the game, QB twenty two, and then QB four, QB one. It's just he has the capability. I just think I heard Mark Schlereth talk about it. And you know, I, I kind of do agree just watching watching him play. Pete Carroll understood this guy can't make the same calls yet at a line that a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady can. And yet he wants to, the media wants me to let him to, he gets to Denver. They're like, here you go. Here's the keys of the whole offense. And it just didn't happen. I think if, you know, they, they kind of bring it back to what he, what he could work with in Seattle. I don't think he just all of a sudden fell off a cliff. Like it, like it looks like, I think he's too talented of a quarterback for it to just all of a sudden completely crumble around him. With that being said, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback next year. Uh, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with all that because I do think that was the issue here. Nathaniel Hackett, like that's what he's had. That's yep. what he had in Green Bay. Um, granted, he was with the Jaguars beforehand, and um, let's be real, he didn't just give the keys of the offense to um, Jacksonville, but I don't think he was the OC in Jacksonville. I believe he was mm. – oh, uh, I don't remember what position he was in Jacksonville, but he was not the OC in Jacksonville. Um, Green Bay. Green Bay he was. Um, and that's what it was. Matt LaFleur said, okay, Aaron Rodgers, here you go. I'll, I'll dial in a play, but everything at the line of scrimmage is, is, is up to you, man. Um, and he, again, Russell Wilson just isn't that quarterback. Mm-mm. He's not that quarterback. He's not a read a defense and, and, and react. He's an improviser. 
and in as much as as many reads as Russell Wilson can try and make at the line of scrimmage, um, he's an improviser. He's going to make things happen with his legs. He's going to he's going to find players when plays are broken down. Um, but Russell Wilson was also set up for success, like you said. Pete Carroll knew how to call plays for Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. not for Russell Wilson to call the plays, uh, which I think is what happened. And I again, I don't think he's going to be a top ten quarterback next year. I don't I don't have mm-hmm. him there in my head right now. But do I think he'll be better than quarterback 17 next year? I, that I do think he will be. And yeah, I think I he'll be a lot better than the abysmal season we just saw out of him. I would agree. I think just from an NFL standpoint, he's not going to ha- complete only 6% of his pass anymore. He's not going to only throw for 3,200 touchdowns. He's not going to have a one, pretty much a one-to-one interception touchdown ratio. So those are all going to improve. I just don't know if it's going to be enough where I'm super enticed fantasy-wise. Kyler Murray, he was the quarterback 18 this year. Um, albeit he played 11 games. Eight finishes inside of the top 12. Two outside of the top 15. That only leaves one game where he was between the quarterback 12 and the quarterback 15. Kyler Murray was good this year. Can we acknowledge that? He was good for fantasy football this year. And I don't think a lot of people, like if you had Kyler Murray as your quarterback, you weren't like, oh my gosh, yes, I love having Kyler. But like, Mm -hmm. You certainly were like, man, you know what? I'm glad I got Kyler and not <laughs> yeah, Justin Russ. Herbert, um, Russell Wilson, uh, who else is going? Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like, man, I'm glad I went with Kyler Murray instead. I, okay, obviously his ACL kills his 2023 value. He's not going to be drafted in yeah. a lot of places in 2023. But like, out of what we got from Kyler Murray this season, like, what do you make of this? Because what I get from this is, Kyler Murray, if fully healthy going into next year, I guarantee you he would still be drafted as like quarterback six or quarterback seven. Yeah, he has and to he, be. And, and he's a guy where it's like, man, you know what? Like, he's now all of a sudden in the same breath as Lamar Jackson next year for me, if mm-hmm. he were fully healthy, which he's not, obviously. But like, I look at that, I see eight top 12 finishes, two outside of the top 15, only one in between there. Man, I was getting a top 12 quarterback far more frequently than a lot of these guys I'm looking at and even some of the guys in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I think fantasy wise, he's going to be a Daniel Jones plus when he's healthy, right? He's going to going to get you probably about 700 maybe even 800 rushing yards, probably going to be right around that 3,400 passing yards. Maybe he has a year where he spikes up to like 28 passing touchdowns, but he, it's just, he's going to give you a consistent enough floor um, running the ball. He's a good enough passer where you're always going to get fantasy production and he did it the first six weeks without D Hop, right? So if D Hop leaves, like people have been saying, like D Hop was saying, it's not gonna absolutely plummet Kyler Murray because he still has Marquise Brown, who he played really well with. So, yeah. and then I mean, no Cliff Kingsbury, who if you ask any Arizona Cardinal fan, they're as excited as can be because they hated the way he called the offense. So yep. you'd think, hey, maybe the offense gets a little more dynamic. Hopefully, we bring they bring in someone else. Um, but yeah, I have heard some rumors going around that he is already further ahead than expected he's shooting to be ready like by the beginning of the season by the beginning of training camp really um which would be nuts i mean obviously obviously that's that's i think that's a lot of him saying putting that out there too sure um but and as a running quarterback smaller running quarterback you probably want to take your time a little bit more right i don't think he's gonna be running quite as much from the beginning but if you like if we're, if we're talking dynasty, he might be a guy right now. You're like, hey, 
looking in the future, even if he slows down a little bit running, he's probably still going to give me 500 rushing yards a season. Yeah. He's a guy that you might want to go, hey, I'll trade you, you know, um, a Justin Herbert for Kyler Murray plus right now. That's a trade I would be interested in doing. Um, you know, if someone's going, got Tua and they want to tr- would trade you for Kyler, I'd trade Tua for Kyler. You know, different trades like that, I think you could really try to get good value for Kyler Murray right now. You just gave me a lot of ideas. Um, I'm going to go to the drawing board now and try to make a few things happen here. Uh, I He's such an interesting prospect, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyler Murray, obviously, young enough still um, to where he he holds some some value for the future. But, yeah, coming off ACL, that obviously not what you want for a mobile quarterback. Yep. Uh, quarterback 19. I don't, I don't want to spend any time with this. Marcus Mariota. Yep. Somehow the quarterback 19 this year. Um, this is a meaningless finish. Okay, three top twelve finishes, seven outside of the top fifteen. Obviously, he uh, pretty much just just quit on the team after thirteen games. Um, yeah, I don't even want to spend time talking about Marcus Mariota. No, he's not in the NFL next year. Who cares? Yep. Let's move <laughs> on. Uh, Dak Prescott was a quarterback twenty this year uh, in eleven games. There it is. Uh, six top twelve finishes, four outside of the top fifteen, one smack dab in the middle there. In 11 games, he led the league in interceptions with 15 of them. He went on a brutal stretch throwing multi-pick games. Mm -hmm. Can you trust Dak Prescott in fantasy football anymore? I think you can. I think he's going to put up enough stats. This team's going to move the ball well enough where he's going to – I think he's going to be a top 12 option next year. This is his first year where he like the interceptions really got away from him, right? He's had a couple couple years. His previous high was in 2017 with 13 of them. So I don't think that this is something that's going to continue. Um, but I also think it's going to depend on what this Dallas team does. If they don't bring in a wide receiver, I am going to have a lot more, a lot tougher time truly trusting Dak next year, right? If Tony Pollard's not back, I'm going to have a lot harder time trusting. Um, Dak Prescott next year because I think Michael Gallup's a pretty decent wide receiver, but I don't think he's the answer as their wide receiver too. I'm only going to be interested in Dak Prescott next year, I think, if I'm stacking him with CeeDee Lamb. That might be my only interest in Dak Prescott. No. Like, you look at, like, the turnover-worthy play percentage that he had this year, it it was incredibly low still. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And it's like, well, how can you have low percentage of turnover worthy plays if you lead the league lead the league in interceptions. Um it takes a lot of different things into account. Uh you can go yep. look up the metric and 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 you know kind of do do the homework there. But essentially like equivocates that like Dak Prescott's interceptions, not all that many were on him necessarily this year. There's a lot yep. of different factors that go into play there. I just, I don't see myself like finding Dak next year and drafting and being like, oh what a value I got as a quarterback 10. Yeah, I don't see myself saying that. Like, I'll draft him as quarterback ten, and I'm gonna say, "Great, I got him as quarterback 10. I'm not gonna be super stoked to enter into to the season with him unless if I'm like fully stacked everywhere else. Yeah, uh, and he would probably be, require a CD Lamb stack for me. He's a quarterback that you really hope people overreact on about the interceptions after yes. watching this game. That maybe he drifts to quarterback thirteen or something like that. Right? That people are just so nervous about Dak that they're like, oh, we're going to hype up Daniel Jones and push Dak down. Then you're like, oh, I'll maybe I take Dak. Then. 
maybe I go Dak and Kyler Murray then, right? I take Kyler Murray at an injury discount because just because I don't know how fast he's going to be back. And then I also have Dak as my backup just in case, you know, it takes Kyler a couple weeks. He's just one that I'm, I think I'm going to have a hard time putting a ton of faith into Dak in redraft yep. leagues next year. If you're in Dynasty, you know, you ride it out with Dak. Like, yep. Like I have Dak in. Uh, at least one of my dynasty leagues, the one that I just won the championship in this year. And I had a, a stack with CD lamb. Subtle flex. <laughs> Sorry. Not like, I, I, it was, but like, I feel like I needed to add that dose of credibility. Of like, no, no. I, know I just sense. like ripped on sense. Dak a little bit, but like, I also just won yeah. a dynasty yep. league with Dak and it's because I stacked him with CD lamb. And that's where I'm interested in Dak because I think we are seeing this leap from CD lamb. We're seeing this leap uh, to trust CD lamb as a top eight fantasy wide receiver from here on out. And I want the guy who's going to be throwing him the football uh, because those stacks are are lethal most of the time. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, anything else you want to add on these quarterbacks before we sign off here? No, I, I think for quarterbacks every single year, right, you get outside the top five or six, it really comes to where they're falling ADP-wise. You know, if they're falling eight or nine, yeah, you probably get a similar value guy falling 13, 14. So that's, that's just kind of how it always feels like it it plays out. So that's just going to be something that we have to watch throughout the summer. I'm trying to dig this um, turnover worthy play stat percentage up. Um, Cause I, I told the people you can go do your homework. And I'm like, well, yeah, I should probably, if this, if this podcast is going to do anything, it's going to help educate you on that. Um, the player profiler. Yeah. Not player profiler. Excuse me. Um, there we go. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus's John Owning, six of Dak Prescott's 11 interceptions have come on plays that weren't deemed turnover-worthy by PFF, meaning that they weren't his fault. Hmm. Interesting. So there, there's the correlation there. Um, I wanted to find that and make sure I provided the people that instead of just saying, you can go look it up um, yep. <laughs> because that's that's lazy on my end as, as an analyst for you all. So um, that's the only thing I wanted to add. Otherwise... Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fells podcast. Make sure you're following us on the socials. I'm at Lucas Wenzel on Twitter, Cam Law, FFF for Cameron, FFFellas for the main fellas account, TFFellas on Twitter, Fantasy Football Fells, TikTok, and YouTube, where you should be subbed. Turn those notifications on. We're still releasing podcasts all offseason. Two week, baby. Two week, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not joined in our chalkboard already, we're still talking. NFL player props. We're talking NFL free agency. We're talking everything NFL over on our chalkboard. If you want a community that's actively discussing your favorite sport all year round, one of your favorite sports all year round, you can go join our chalkboard down in the description of the audio podcast or YouTube video you are listening to. I think that's all we have. Yes, sir. Thanks again for tuning in. Cameron and I, two stooges of three being dudes. Tyler, we miss you. I, I just, I... Do we need to adjust the schedule so Tyler can be on? I feel like we need to. Might be a conversation to be had. It's a conversation to be had. So if we're not releasing Tuesday, Thursday, it'll probably be Wednesday, Friday. Mm. Um, <laughs> stay tuned. Any changes on that? We want to get with get Tyler back on here. Uh, but for now, two students being dudes. Fancy football, fellas. We will see you all on Thursday. Deuces. Deuces.